This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. Hello, basketball fans, and welcome in to the preview of the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament Sweet 16 taking place this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday on the ESPN and ESPN2 networks. I am your host of Around the Rim, LaChina Robinson, joined by my fantastic and fabulous producer, Tarika Foster-Brasby. And in this podcast you just turned on, we are going to preview the Albany region. We have separate podcasts for each region, and then we will release them all in one show. But this is the Albany region, and we will be joined by one of our favorite analysts, Carol Lawson, to break down all that will be happening in Albany. If, In case you missed it, UConn is a two-seed in the Albany region. They will be taking on UCLA on Friday. And then also the number one seed, the Louisville Cardinals, will be taking on Oregon State, Scott Ruick's team. But for the real breakdown, someone that's much more basketball savvy and smarter than me, we're going to talk to Carol Lawson right now. Okay, basketball fans, we are grateful to have back on our show the all-knowing um, and my DMV girl, Carol Lawson, ESPN analyst. Hello, Kara. Hey, Latrana. Thanks for having me on. Yes, thanks for coming back. We got your show was like popping. Everybody's like, when's Kara coming back? We're like, okay, we can look. Kara's busy. She got stuff going on. You know, she's coach. She's a coach. She's got NBA. She's got, you know, women's college basketball, WBA. So we appreciate your time. Um, sure. I want to start out with the Connecticut Huskies because they're, all eyes were, were really um, on stores and, and how Connecticut would respond to being a two seed. Now, Maybe it's a big deal. Maybe it's not in terms of how they're handling it internally. Uh, what were your thoughts on both, you know, that aspect of it, but also how um, Connecticut came out of the gates in the first and second rounds? Well, they were clearly uh, missed by it. And talking to, to Gino and, um, you know, some of the players, um, they thought that they deserved a one seed and, um so I, I look at covering Connecticut, you know, over the last 15 years and, you know, usually they're the favorite, the heavy favorite. And uh, now they're kind of in a position where uh, they get to be, I don't want to say an underdog, but they get to have a little chip uh, on their shoulder because of um, maybe perceived slight or an actual slight. And uh, I, I think that uh, whether they say it or not, I think they kind of like that. Um they uh, were pretty focused, uh, pretty uh, pretty typical UConn uh, first, second round. That's where I was uh, calling the games with Adam, and uh, th- there wasn't anything atypical about it. Um, but uh, they are obviously different than those dominant UConn teams, which they have uh, talked about, which Gino has talked about at length this year. Um, but I thought uh, Nafisa looked really good. When happened, she looked good this year. Uh, she's obviously a force and one of the best players in the country. Um, I, I don't know if we talked about this on air, but we definitely have had a conversation off the air about it. I, I am, there's a stand for Nafisa Collier. That's me. You know, I mean, she is so good and I, I don't really understand um, why more people don't realize that or recognize that when you look at everything she contributes and how good she is in every area. And I think my respect level for her grew watching her uh, against pros in USA basketball training last year. Uh, she's a really good player. And I don't think there's more than 
two players um, that I would take over her and you could talk me into zero um, in the country. She's really, really good. And um, so to have a player like that is certainly um, a positive for them. I was, I was very interested in watching Katie Lou. Uh, how, how did she look after that uh, extended period of not playing games? Um, and uh, I think the challenge for her this weekend in Albany, being someone that's had back issues, um, although I can't speak to the exact specific back issues that, that she has or how the pain is manifesting itself in her body, but I've had back issues since I was in college, and there are a couple things that are really hard about them. One, uh, when you come out of the game for an extended period, so like halftime or you come out of the game too long, you've got to keep it warm um, because it can stiffen up on you on you quickly. The other thing that can be a challenge is a quick turnaround. And our region in Albany is Friday evening semifinals and then a noon game on Sunday. So depending on the physicality of, of the semifinal, uh, depending on if UConn obviously were to win that Sweet 16 game, uh, that's something to me that I'm just going to be observing. I'm not predicting anything. I'm just saying as someone that's had back issues, um, to have two physical games in probably 36 hours span is, is going to be, I think, a challenge um, for her. Um, they're, they're explosive offensively and they still have those moments where they have these long runs where it's just beautiful basketball to watch. Um, but they're not very good. Uh, I should say they're not elite defensively and, um, they have some, some, some blind spots on that end of the floor and uh, those aren't going to go away. So, um, you know, those are, those are things to to monitor and, and see how they can kind of hide those and see if their offense will be, be good enough to carry them. But you thought Katie Lou looked ready, at least in that Yeah, I thought she looked time. good. Mm-hmm. I thought she moved well. Um, I thought um, her shot looked normal. Um, I thought she rebounded it uh, pretty well. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought she looked – she looked uh, – she, she – you could tell it was her first game back, the first round game, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I thought the second round game she looked pretty normal. Gino only played six players in their win over Buffalo to advance to the Sweet 16. Um, he only went, you know, one deep into the bench with Olivia Nelson Nodota. Uh, the the supporting cast for Connecticut, you know, considering Katie Lou not knowing how that back will um, will treat her moving on, but also this supporting cast being so young. What what do you want to see from them? What do you think we need to see from them? And is it possible, even though they've had some bumps along the way during the regular season, for, for this group to really play their best, especially with this extra motivation now of being chosen as a two-seed? Well, the one thing I'll tell you is, even though she's not a young player, Crystal Dangerfield can't get in foul trouble. I mean, that happened in the second round um, against Buffalo. I think she picked up her fourth foul with about four minutes left in the third quarter. That completely changed the rhythm uh, of the game for them offensively. Um, she's such an organizer for them. Um, she's a threat coming off of ball screens. She's super smart. She can pass. Um, that's just, I mean, that's just, she said in her crystal, you can't get in foul trouble. Like we have to have you on the floor from this point forward for 40 minutes. So I thought that kind of helped Buffalo's comeback um, because UConn was not as crisp uh, offensively with Dangerfield off the floor. Obviously she can shoot it with great range as well. Um, Kristen Williams and Megan Walker, um, I think for them, uh, knocking down threes is going to be important. Uh, I also think uh, 
competing defensively is going to be really important for those two. And just focusing in on those kind of aspects of the game, those two aspects of the game principally is competing on defense um, really, really hard. And then, you know, knocking down the three-point shots when they, when they get those opportunities. For the fans um, who were or maybe not paying close attention this weekend, UConn advanced to the Sweet 16 after beating Towson and then um, beat a very good Buffalo team who fought all the way to the end. They will take on UCLA. And this is maybe, if you look back to the start of the season, one of the surprise teams that has made it to the NCAA tournament, though Corey Close's group uh, grew quite a bit in, in Pac-12 play and is really starting to play their best basketball. Um, Kara, from what you have seen, I know you were in College Park um, scouting a little bit early. That was nice. Um, yeah. As UCLA advanced, and they had to beat Maryland at Maryland. Is there anything you see in this UCLA team that uh, may lead you to believe that they can challenge UConn and possibly push past the two seed? Sure. One of the things that I thought Buffalo did an excellent job of was attacking the offensive glass, getting themselves, you know, those second chance opportunities, which is pivotal for most teams against Connecticut because they don't have the same efficient production on offense that the Huskies do. Uh, Buffalo proved that that's something you can get against them. And UCLA showed uh, great, uh, great effort and great athleticism on the offensive glass against Maryland and the athletes that they have across their front line. Um, with Burke and Drummer and Onionware, um, they're going to put a lot of pressure on the glass on both ends. And I, I think that's something that um, they can have the advantage in, uh, advantage um, against Connecticut if, they, if they're relentless in their approach. Um, uh, I, I, love, I love the matchup of both uh, small point guards <laughs> yes. and uh, Dangerfield. And they're both um, just wonderful, wonderful floor, floor generals. Um, they can create their own shots. They can um, shoot with range. Um, they're, they're tough, they're tough little ones and, um, they just, uh, can get wherever they want to on the floor. And so I'm very much looking forward to, to that matchup. Um, I think, um, Corsaro is, is a really important piece for them, um, for UCLA because, um, she just, when she's making shots to me, it just kind of brings everything together. You know, she's kind of like, um, you know, the icing on the cake in terms of she's, big enough to swing position, to swing forward, to swing through the forward positions. Um, she's also somebody that has that, that deep range from three um, to make three. She can rebound. Um, so I, I think she's a really important player in the matchup against, against Connecticut. Um, yeah, I think they have um, – I, I do think that UCLA can, um, can beat UConn. Um, they, they certainly have the, the players to be able to do so. Um, it's – going to be a similar situation that they faced in college park and that even though it's in albany uh, as we know it will be more like a road game uh for them and then also the travel component of this uh which you know rears its ugly head for certain teams depending on where their sites are the fact that they went back to los angeles uh and then are having to fly all the way back again um so that you know we'll see how that how that goes but i um i had a i had a really good time watching them play the 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 word that stuck out to me or the adjective that stuck stuck out to me and uh, sitting courtside watching that game was UCLA UCLA plays with a lot of joy mm-hmm. like they do like uh, they smile a lot they have a lot of fun and um, so they were they were definitely um, a charismatic team to, to observe well UCLA their fourth consecutive sweet 16 appearance fifth overall under head coach Corey close they had made the sweet 16 just three times in their previous 
12 NCAA tournaments, UConn, 26 consecutive Sweet 16 appearance, longest streak all time. The next longest active streak belongs to Stanford with seven. Um, moving along in Albany, the number one seed Louisville Cardinal um, will have an interesting matchup with Oregon State. And I say interesting because I, I think the world of both Scott Ruick and Jeff Walls in terms of what they do from a preparation standpoint, I know you're still preparing um, but from what you've seen just as this season has gone on from Oregon State, who is this is their fourth consecutive Sweet 16 appearance, which is outstanding um, for their program. But Jeff Wall is also um, a coach that, I mean, they've advanced to the Sweet 16 for three straight seasons, but their ninth Sweet 16 under his leadership. What do you what do you see in this matchup or what are you looking forward to, Kara? Well, I've gotten a chance to, to cover these teams through the regular season, and, and uh, one of the things that's, that stood out about uh, Oregon State to me is obviously the addition of Slocum this year. Uh, I've not seen uh, Scott Ruick have a guard um, of uh, her ability before. That doesn't mean he hasn't had good guards. He's had tremendous guards. Uh, Weisner, Weiss, I mean, obviously they've had some really good players. But her athleticism and her ability to get into the paint, uh, that gives them a different dynamic and makes them uh, a little bit more um, harder to guard on the offensive end of the floor. So uh, they're a team that's going to play the way they play, right? Like they do a good job uh, in most, most nights of um, getting the tempo where they want it and being able to um, utilize their length defensively. Um, if you talk to players in the Pac-12, you talk to coaches in the Pac-12, um, they'll talk to you about how difficult it is to score against Oregon State, um, whether it, it's Ionescu or Kelsey Plum or any of those players that have been like these standout players. They talk they they, they talk about how challenging it, it is for them to score against Oregon State, and so uh, that to me is going to be fascinating because we've got an elite guard in Asia Durr on the other side for Louisville, and kind of from a game plan perspective, uh, what does Oregon State uh, decide to do? Uh, against her, and they're, they're, um, the, the thing I, I, I appreciate about Oregon State is um, like they, they follow the game plan, mm. and that might sound like really simple and really basic. Um, not everybody does, right. <laughs> okay? <laughs> and so um, when they teach something, um, and I see it taught at shoot-around, uh, not that they uh, are – uh, you know, not capable of making mistakes, but they do it. And um, they, they have a great deal of trust, obviously, in their staff that if they, if they do the game plan, uh, that, that they'll have a chance to win. So um, they're going to be buttoned up for sure. Uh, yeah, what can you say about Louisville? I mean, they're, they're uh, obviously a one seed for a reason. Um, they're, they're good to see Fearing back um, is, and looking good is, is good to see Erica Carter back. Um, you know, they, they do need all their pieces, I believe, uh, to win this region. Um, but they've, um, they've, they've just got a lot of different, um, I think, I think they have a lot of different ways actually that they can beat you because, um, depending on how you defend their, um, with Carter back defensively pressuring, uh, Jones has improved this year, Fearing's improved. So there's just a lot of pieces there, um, to like, and, um, I, I just think this is, I'm really excited for this region. I am. Um, I think it's it's for excellent coaches. I think it's um, you know player teams with really good players. Um, when you talk about Asia Durr and Collier, um, and I mean I, I love Onionware. Like 
She's, oh, oh my she gosh. Like, you. Yeah, I mean, she's something yeah, else. She I mean, I great. see pro written all over her already. I mean, six yeah. foot. When, when I saw her knock down the three, I was like, whoa. Like, she's already yeah. athletic and explosive and long and, yeah, a sophomore. Woo. Yeah, she's, uh, she's something else. So, um, you know, I, I, I do. I wouldn't be shocked um, by, by either outcome. In the Sweet 16, meaning uh, it would be an upset if UCLA beat, beat Connecticut, but I wouldn't be shocked. Um, and the same thing on the other side, because um, I just—it's just the respect I have for you know for the programs that are in the region and uh, for the coaches and the players. So uh, that—that's ultimately what you want when you sit down and uh, are about to call games. Is you want the the, the level of play to be high, the coaching to be high, and uh, hopefully the the drama is as well. Well, Kara will be um, on ESPN calling this Albany region on Friday. You can check out UCLA UConn at 7 p.m. and then Louisville, Oregon State after that at 9 o'clock. Sarika's telling me I have to wrap. Kara, I have a million other things I'd like to ask you, but thank you so much for your in-depth coverage. We will hopefully get you back maybe before the Final Four or the draft or both, uh, depending on your (laughs) schedule. But thanks for your coverage this year, and thanks for joining us. Okay, thank you, Latana. All right, women's basketball fans. Well, we want to thank you for tuning in to this bracket breakdown, but please remember to listen to all four of our regional preview podcasts. We have some amazing analysts who have joined to give you the scoop on what you should be looking forward to in the Sweet 16 and beyond. We want to thank all of you for continuing to support Around the Rim. You can follow us at Around the Rim Pod. You can follow LaChina at LaChina Robinson. You can follow me, Tarika Foster-Brasby, at Sports underscore. And again, we can't wait to see you guys in Tampa at the Final Four. Until then, guys, see ya. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.